Mujewale, Mujewale, Mujewale. My name is Bani Kuruka and welcome to another episode of the Ugandan Boy Talk Show. And today I bring to you one of my good friends, my brother, Brother Terry. Brother Terry, can you say hi to our listeners? Hello. May God bless you. <laughs> yeah, man. I was I just couldn't wait to host you to my podcast. Uh, ever since I started it, I I had people in my mind that I really wanted to host on here because I started this podcast for people to share their stories and having spent time with you in college sharing with me your stories uh, I was like I need to host my brother here to come uh and share some of his stories with my listeners now before we start into your story I just want to give a flashback on how we met do you remember how we met as friends we met over in M9 Great Lakes Christian College in the men's dorm Hasty building and um from there we got to know each other a little bit as roommates and then we began to work with each other in the school's cafeteria and as we talked more and got to know each other more when i started at great lakes christian college i didn't even know who my roommate was going to be i didn't even know what room i was going to be in and then ryan just uh put me in your room but I know at the beginning we didn't really know each other we were just it was just like hard to know each other and just get to know each other but as time went on we started working together and talking to each other and encouraging each other you became like a brother to me and our friendship really grew and you've been a blessing in my life Terry Oh thank you thank you <laughs> Now one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on my podcast is I believe You grew up in a different background than most people than me. Um I mean there are things that we have in common, but your background is different from what I grew up and I believe like the stories we share on here encourage other people who are listening. And just to begin, uh would you tell us where you were born? Uh, were you the the very yeah. very first place I was born? Were you, were you born twice? <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> well, born again, but <laughs> uh no, nah, just once naturally. Um well, me, I started out um I was born over um in Detroit, Michigan. Um both my parents um were um crackheads and alcoholics. Um so I was the child that was born and then immediately I was taken away mm. from my parents and I was a very sick sick baby only a pound and 6 ounces premature and pretty much from the beginning I was told that I was not going to be able to live um from what they tell me I was not going to be able to live I was too sick I had too much alcohol I had alcohol and crack cocaine in my system when I was born um but um God bless me um with I don't know what the timing was but within a few years for a, another woman to adopt me um by the name of Dorothy Joe Stoker Walker and um Dorothy Walker who I call affectionately call mama so um if you hear me say mama that's for my um that's for my adopted mom and then if I say mother or Cassie that's for my biological mother um but mama um grew us up and reared us up over on the east side of Detroit okay Is that the place Taylor where I went with you at one time to take you back from school? No, no. So that's where I live now. Okay. I moved around a lot. Um, you know, I lived on the east side and I lived on two different places on the west side. 
Compton. I lived out in Clinton Township. These are all different places um, around Detroit. If you're familiar with it, Clinton Township for a little for about six months. While I ran away, um, and then um, had to come back for a little bit, and then I moved out to Taylor until I graduated from high school, and then you know, of course, came up to okay. Lansing for Great Lakes. Now I know you've mentioned a little bit mm-hmm. of uh, your growing up. Um, is that like how was your life growing up? I know you've mentioned about growing up uh, when your parents are crackhead. Like how was that like for you growing up? Mm-hmm. Well, so um, growing up, I was really um, like I said, I, I was adopted as a baby. So um, my mama, being my adopted mom, never told us that we were adopted. Um, so we thought she was our real mother. She actually had a scar um, because of her first child, my oldest brother, who now is up in his 60s, her actual biological child, um, she had to have a C-section or something like that. So she had a scar on her stomach. So she told us that's how we came out. And us being children and not knowing that we believed it, even though all of us was different shapes mm-hmm. and sizes, you know, and we look different and some of us real dark and some of us are like me, yeah. you know, look white, you know, <laughs> you know, look white, you know, they might mistake us as being white. Um, we all believe we all were siblings because this is what mama told us. Um, so I never had to um, endure really my uh, mother, Cassie, um, at, while she was struggling with her addiction. Mm. Um, but my mama, she was always a sicker lady. She had, I think, through the course of her life, she had um, nine or ten strokes, a heart attack. Um, and this all while we were growing up. So a lot of that, we had to help our mom and take care of our mama. And um, I was what they would call the golden child. I was my mama's favorite, mm. you know. So even though I never came from my mama, I ended up being her favorite child. I was the baby, um, which my siblings <laughs> did not like, but, you know, God bless yeah. their souls. Yeah, I don't think many siblings will, will like that when uh, one of the child is, uh, like, considered the favorite. But um, now, in your mm-hmm. childhood, did you get to play any games as when you were younger? Um, games as like, far as what? No, like, like, you know, like, like just or... games kids play, like anything like like in you i talk about how in uganda we play hide and seek things like that just like as little kids like did you write because i know some of the stories of how like kids riding bikes on the blocks or around the area things like that anything you oh, did yeah. with your friends when you were little yeah um so we were very um sheltered as kids because my mom my mom was a very old lady she was born in 1941 oh, wow. um, so her being a very old lady, she was very overprotective, especially, like I said, I was the favorite, but um, that wasn't all good. So, you know, she was very overprotective of me. So, yeah, we played things like hide and seek. We played in the house a lot. Um, but, you know, of course, had to ask yeah. to go outside and even had to ask and sometimes beg to just go next door. We weren't really allowed to pass the fence because, come on, we live mm-hmm. in Detroit, you know. And, you know, us not knowing any better, but it wasn't the best area to right. live in, you know. Um, and a funny story about um, me, about riding bikes, is um, when I started learning how to ride a bike, because my mom was so overprotective, we only could ride our bikes in the backyard. So the driveway between the gate and the garage. 
that's how I learned how to ride a bike. I, I don't believe we had <laughs> training wheels. Um, I guess I, I might have been too old for training wheels at that time when I first got my bike. Um, and I did not have a helmet, so I hit my head on the side of the house, side of that brick house a lot of times. Yeah. You know, and I was happy. And I, and I thought I was on an adventure when I could ride down to the corner. <laughs> yeah. You know, which was only two houses down. I thought I was on an adventure, two houses down, you know, to the corner yeah. and back. But um, that was a very short. Yeah, I share my story too, how I learned to ride a bike and it, I fell multiple times. And I be, would believe that you can learn how to ride a bike till you fall multiple times or hit yourself or do yeah. something crazy like that. <laughs> now, you mentioned about right. your siblings, your relative would you say your family was an extended family or how many siblings did you have growing up how big was your family growing up i had six mm -hmm. i think it was six of us we, I, I guess it would be more of an extended family because a lot of my um siblings so i would say it's probably out of us it's five of us that's really like the main siblings to this day we still like the the main like we we feel like together our brothers and sisters but then we've had other siblings that we count as our um sisters or brothers um some of us may count them as sisters and brothers the other ones may not they may count them more of a cousin um but it was mainly us five five or six i can't remember now um in that house that we really grew yeah. up around you know when when did you separate from or leave your siblings when you were little? When did you get separated or did you grow up with all of them till you grew up and went to college? So um, it's kind of sporadic. So um, um, let me let me dive a little bit into my biological family. On my biological family, I have, I'm one of 10. Um, so I'm one of 10 and then six, like five or six adopted siblings. So the biological, I never met them until just a couple years ago. So I never even knew them, you know, at all. And then on my adopted side, it was kind of all over the place because one sister was there, but she was um, had, she was more like, if I can use the term, and if she hear this again, <laughs> I hope I don't understand, but she was more as if a, a foster child because her mother was still in her life. My mom had her for a while, and then she went back kind of to her mother, and um, that's a different okay. story that I'm not going to dive into. And then the rest of my siblings, um, we kind of were around. One of my sisters was in and out of um, juvenile, um, but she um, she is my second oldest sister, and um, she had, was such a help for my mother, such a help for my mother. But and she took the um, the most and helped the most with my mother, really. Um, well, one of the most, I should say. And then um, she kind of dwindled out when my mother got sick and put up in a nursing home. She kind she got pregnant, and uh, more so, she had to leave because of certain situations. Yeah, that's 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 that gets sad and complicated when some of the things are not going right with some of your siblings and some of these people you care about them and we care about them so i would imagine the something that goes through your life now this is where i want to ask you um 
for all that you've told us so far, if there's anything in your past that you would change, what would it be? I'm one of those people. I don't believe I would change right. anything. In all honesty, I, I, I don't feel like I would change anything because um, these things are the reason I am who I am today. So to me, I would not change these things personally. Mm -hmm. Personally speaking, I would not change these things. Um, it would be something, um, well, I wouldn't say it would be something that I would like that could be different, but no, I, I wouldn't, I really wouldn't change anything. None of them, not not even the deaths of the loved ones. I would yeah. not change. That's them. Uh, some somebody asked me that sure. question when I I sent out a Q and A, and somebody asked me what I would change in my past, and that's the same thing I say. Like, I wouldn't change anything because what I've been through has made me who I am. Rather, I I was different with you, but mm -hmm. I just said I would change the loss of my loved ones because. Some of them, I really cared for them, and I really wanted them in my life. And if I had the power, I would, I would change that and bring them back. Yeah, but even though I wouldn't, because I, I, I take the belief, um, I don't know if it's more philosophical or theological, but I take the belief that those, especially those that who have um, believed on Jesus and in Jesus, they're better off right. than me and you, because me and you, we still have sad days, we still gonna have sick days, and ultimately one day we gonna have to leave this world, lest we be mm -hmm. raptured. You know, them they're already in that place. You know, they're already experiencing joy. They already experience full peace. They already are allowed to see Jesus in peace. Where me and you, we long for right. that day. Yeah. You know? So that's why I, I feel like I don't I want to mm -hmm. change that, you know, not to change anybody's belief. They have the right to feel the right. way they want to believe, you know. Yeah, and if, if you explain it like that, it makes sense to me. But um, I wasn't I didn't go into like the belief or anything. I was just top of my head. And that's the one thing that I can think of if anything. But yeah, I get I get your point on what you're trying trying to talk about. And actually, I was going to ask you about the loss of the loved ones that you you've had. What you, but I think I now get a picture on how you look at that because I know you you have had a lot of losses, not even your family, but some of your best friends. Um, do you want to talk about something? Some of those losses that you've had. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely talk about those. Um, because I even the other week when I spoke at church, I said something. And um, some people did not like what I said, and I could tell um, by some of the looks and different um, comments that I got, because I said, when a loved one dies, a lot of times we're grabbing onto the sheets, we're crying, and we're wailing, and we acting like people who don't have hope. And people took it to me as if, well, are we not supposed to be sad when somebody dies? And no, I, I don't mean that, because... Being sad and grieving is a normal part of life. Please grieve. Please be sad. If somebody was important in your life, yes, it's going to be hurtful. Yes, it's going to be sad. So go ahead and be sad. Be cry You know, it's okay to cry about that. But just, you know, realizing that we are believers, these people, it's, this isn't the end for us, you know, and that's what really gives me hope. Through the loss of my mother, understanding I was 14 years old, four, four, what was I? 14, 15 years old when my mama died. Yeah. Um, she went home to be with the Lord. And I mean, that was probably one of the hardest deaths I had to go mm. through. You know, one of the hardest <laughs> deaths I went through. 
they're saying goodbye to my mama. And now I'm living, I'm living with other people. I've been with other people and to feel so powerless, mm -hmm. you know. Speaking about living with other people, I want to take you back to the day you got adopted. I don't know if you remember that day when you got adopted. What what did it feel like? Well, <laughs> I, I I was a baby. I was still pooping <laughs> in the diapers. So I, I, I guess I was yeah. happy. I mean, you know, I didn't have to worry about nothing. Um, they, um, when my mom adopted me, I still was very okay. sick. When mama adopted me, when, um, when she adopted me, I was very sick, but I was still a baby. I was still in my diaper. So I, I, like I said, I didn't know I was adopted until maybe a year before my mama passed. And that's just because I found some papers and either when showing her the papers and saying, mama, these papers say I'm mm -hmm. adopted. I thought you was my mother. She she denied it to the day she died. Ahead, How did sorry. your life change, like after you the day you knew you were adopted? Uh, well, while my mom while mama was still alive, um, it it really didn't change. I was very so much more appreciative towards the fact that you know. I, um, that, you know, not knowing the circumstances of my adoption at that point, really. Right. But I was more um, thankful and appreciative of my mama, you know, um, knowing that she decided to, you know, get a why Why would you want to go and get a little sick baby? A baby that probably ain't going to have really no chance of living. Get this sick baby. I, I, I'm not going to talk about the rest of my siblings. I'm going to talk about me and, and take this baby and nurse this baby back to health. Mm. Yeah, you know, and this baby could die at any second. This baby could die. This baby could be gone, and now you don't fell in love with this baby. You don't really care for this baby, and now you heartbroken. That seems crazy, mm -hmm. you know. So, I, I to me, I was very so much more appreciative that my mom, um, went out her way like she did. Yeah, you know, and it made me love her more. Now, like I said, I was the favorite child, so there was a lot of love already there. I, I would too. Like I would, I would just be appreciative. And from the story you've told us, like who would want to adopt a sick child? That shows you that there was some good intentions of the person that adopted you, and that will still live in your heart to be thankful. Or like you say, like and in the along that line, like what what we've already talked about, we've mentioned about the many deaths deaths that you've had of friends, relatives, loved ones. What are some of the challenges that have come due to these many deaths? Well, it's um my my biggest thing, and I guess it goes along with me knowing that I'm adopted is the fear of abandonment. And um, I've gotten better with it, but sometimes I still struggle with it. Is that fear of being abandoned? You know, that fear of building relationships. Um, and because now you know, I, these people gone, they're asleep. They don't have to worry about anything else. You know. And now I'm looking and I'm alone. You know, I'm alone. I've been, if I can use the word abandoned by these people, whether by their choice or not, I've been abandoned. You know, I've been yeah. left behind. Um, so that's probably the hardest thing that I struggle with. And then um, after a while, I had the original, um, irrational rather, um, thought that I, I could have did more. I should have did more. Why didn't I do this? So a lot of regret came along with that and that's why i live every day to like the fullest that's why i try to love people as much as i can and it's because if, if god forbid that a friend goes 
goes to sleep um, and whether they go to heaven or hell, you know, I, that I don't know about the eternal judgment. But what I do know, but what I do know is um, I did everything that I can do. That I've loved this person as much as I can. Yeah, that's you know that's that's something. At least there's a positive thing that you take out of something that negative that has happened. And we've we've talked about a lot of negative things that have happened, struggles, and some of the things you've not talked about. And I wanted to ask you a question: like through all these things that are going happening in your life, what keeps you going? What keeps you motivated? Like, what's something that's behind all this that's pushing you to go forward? Um, well, the biggest thing that may be cl cliche for those that don't know, I, I am a Christian. I'm somebody, I believe in Jesus Christ. Um, and I'm firm on that. So it's really my faith in Jesus and believing that he will see me through. Um, one of my favorite things to say is, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground be sinking saying, I dare not trust the sweetest thing but wholly lean on Jesus' name. And it's really the strength that I draw from believing in Jesus. It's the strength I draw from trusting in Jesus that keeps me going and believing that he will and he can see me through no matter what happens. And that's what really keeps me through it all, you know, yeah. is, my, is the fact that I'm believing and trusting in Jesus. You know, that's really where all my strength comes from, is knowing that Jesus is and Jesus will continue to make a way for me. You know, it, it's not always easy. It's not always fun. I don't like it all the time. But it's the fact that I'm believing Jesus to work it out for me. You know. That is, that is, that is really encouraging. And somebody who doesn't know Jesus. And that's something that somebody can take away from this conversation. That, or this story. Somebody hearing your story. And I, I from knowing you from college, I know there's much to your story than what we've talked about and I'm going to have to bring you back again another time and just we talk about some of the things because all this conversation we've talked about, we didn't mention further anywhere. So that's another topic that I don't want to bring about now that I want to host you again and we hear about your father, okay. all the story of uh, the other side of your life. Now, moving from that, taking you your memories back to college where we met uh, do you have any funny memories from college that you remember off your head? Um, well, I, I don't know if it'd be funny to anybody, but those that really are on the inside, just the great memories we shared in the cafeteria. Almost every almost every day was funny. <laughs> almost every day. Um, working, especially yeah. working in the cafeteria or working on summer maintenance. Mm. I just love really working with, um, especially Pat and Chris. Those were two comedians yeah. for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, w one thing I remember about you is uh, the the board you had where we had the countdown oh, of the yeah. days we have <laughs> remaining to graduate. Mm -hmm. That's that's one thing that every time I sit down, I remember. Oh, Terry had a countdown of these days that we were just writing, and every day I asked you, Terry, how many days to graduation? Right, right. <laughs> and then you just sit out, but that that all came to pass. But I appreciate and I admire the times we share, and I'm thankful for like God to bring people like you in my life because we sharpen, like you say, iron sharpens iron. Like you help me in some areas, I help you, and we all lift each other. And I love to hear your story and what you've been through, and still standing strong. But somebody somewhere who is going through these same things can hear. 
a person like you who went through all that and you're still standing and still have faith and that'll keep somebody else going. And that's the main reason why I decided to do this podcast for people to bring their stories that somebody out somewhere who is listening is going to hear this story and it will encourage right. them to keep on going. I was going to ask you what you're doing now. Just helping out the ministry as much as I can since I came home, since I came home back in Merck. Okay. I last March to um, help my uncle um, as he had gotten sick. Um, but since then, I've been um, at least preaching once a month at my church and just helping out the team and the church as much as I can, whether it be cleaning, whether it be in a finance department, whether it be whatever, you know, watching the door, sweeping the floor, scrubbing toilets. I try to help in whatever way that I can, you know, all right. and that's really what I do. And I base all that I do really on um, it was an old hymn they used to sing in the church. Um, you know, whatever you do for Christ, that's what's going to last. You know, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. I might might have messed that up, but whatever's done for Christ, that's the only thing that's going to last. You know, our money, our fame, all that, that's all going to pass away, even our name and our story. But whatever we do for Christ, that's really what's going to last. So that's what I try to do yeah. even now, you know. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, Terry, we're almost to the end. And I want to thank you for giving us these 30 minutes to just sit down and talk through your life and what you've been through. But before I let you go, I have a signature question that I ask everybody I host on this podcast. What gets you excited about life? What gets me excited about life? I, just life. <laughs> just happy, happy. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know me. I'm, I'm happy all the time, a lot of, a lot of the time. I'm just mm -hmm. happy about life. Life itself makes me happy. Every day I open my eyes, I rejoice over that, you know, just being alive, yeah. you know, being able, because I'm somebody I love to even now go sit out and look, look, or go on walks and look at nature. Probably not now because it's getting cold, but, you know, usually <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. like to go out and look and just seeing nature, you know, seeing be mm -hmm. how beautiful nature is. And that's something that really excites me and makes me grateful. That's awesome. Because every time I ask somebody this question, what they say makes me excited about my own life. And yeah, I'm a person who loves nature and seeing God creation gets me really excited about life. And Terry Stalker, I want to thank you very much again for uh, sacrificing this time to just come and sit with us and chat with me on my podcast. Thank you very much and stay safe. Hey there, I am Bonnie Kibuka, the host of the Ugandan Boy Talk Show. Thanks for watching my video and don't forget to hit subscribe and share with a friend. Tune in every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time for a new episode about my podcast. And for more information about this podcast, follow me on my Instagram page, talk underscore show underscore 256.